Happy Monday. Welcome to Total Entertainment Radio, where you are listening to the Healing She Got Faith show. I am your host, I am your host, Lily. I am also the founder of Healing She Got Faith, the organization. And of course, I host the radio talk show. So welcome. If you were here last week, then you know that that was our first episode back after being on a six to eight week uh, professional hiatus, just taking care of some business and how to get things, um, just get the ball rolling. So I'm happy to be back. Um, June is our month of being intentional with ourselves. June, we're going to focus on things that we missed while we're on the hiatus last week we discussed um why we were gone we looked at boundaries i discussed the six month challenge with you so if you did not hear last week's episode please go back you can find us on anchor youtube apple Podcasts, and spotify i released the replays every tuesday at 3 p.m and then they're up there forever until someone takes them down (laughs) so Um, I am going to start this show off being extremely honest. I am currently recording this episode on May 25th, which is the day after the 14 kids were brutally murdered while in school by a terrible person. And I do have notes today to speak and I have certain things that I want to touch on, but with in the last 10, 10 days of this point, so you guys will actually be listening to this episode on June 13th, I believe. Um, but at this point that I'm recording, in the last 10 days, there have been multiple mass shootings. And in 2022, we already have over 200 mass shootings in this country. And, you know, while I want to be excited, I want to give you all good content, I want to you know, be the self-love advocate that I am. I'm just coming back from this hiatus. I do have to say that this is hard to do right now. It is hard to be on a platform. It is hard to get up and do work. It's hard to be excited. It's hard to trust people. It is hard because we have been shown time and time and time in this country how little the government cares about us as human beings how this is only a power trip, how it, it almost seems like no matter what we do, we're always behind. And so as I'm sitting here preparing, because I really love what I do as a person, like I love my mission in life. I love my purpose in life. But I am so angry right now. Like I am so angry. I was angry about Buffalo, New York, because 10 innocent people going to the grocery store did not deserve to die. But they did because there was a racist person who was not held accountable, who purposely went and targeted black people to murder them. Then a couple days after that, a church in in California who I read it was predominantly Asian were killed. Then, 10 days later, we have a school in Texas where predominantly Latinos who are murdered. These are babies. So if you're listening to this right now, and I know this is coming out a couple weeks after I record this, but we need to call these senators. 
We need to call these senators. We need to hold this government accountable. We can no longer sit back and enjoy our lives. We, we can no longer just send our thoughts and prayers. There needs to be action. There's no way that there has been multiple mass shootings in the last 10 days. And I'm urging you, if you have a fire in your body right now, the thing that we need to do is contact these senators. And it doesn't matter if it's today, tomorrow. We need to be contacting them at all times. We need to be holding them accountable. This is their job. They need to do their job. And if you are a black and brown person, like I just encourage you to find a safe space to just feel what you feel. I encourage you to look into support groups, look into just safe havens and just a lot like you might have to tell your job this summer that like this ain't the day. This like we have healing to do as a society. Okay. And I hate to start the show off like this and I hate to start the show off in such a dramatic way, but we are traumatized as a country right now. And it is now time for us to stand up and fight for this. There's no reason that like the grocery store, the school, the church could have been any of us. So we need to hold this government accountable. We need to be calling these, sen these senators. So I, I am going to talk more about grief and the feelings and just what we can do to protect ourselves throughout the show. But guys, like I am tired and I know if I'm tired, I know there's other people around that are tired. But one thing that I am making in my goal is I am definitely on the fight to get justice for these families. I am on the fight to really advocate because we need it. So that's my little spiel. Just give me a heads up. I know I probably don't sound all giddy and self-love uh, self advocate at, like I usually am. But y'all, like, it is so heavy. It is just really, really heavy. Okay, so with that being said, I am going to move on to our, our icebreaker. If you are new here, we do an icebreaker every show, whether it's with me or whether it's a, with a guest. I am going to continue to use from the mindfulness uh, message deck. Uh, I read from it last week. I got it from Amazon. And surprisingly, the first um, card I picked was releasing anger. And it says, anger is a natural emotion. But I recognize that holding on to it can be toxic for me. I look at the person who has caused me pain and see them as a human being they are. I release the anger I feel and free myself, freeing myself and expanding to love. I definitely want to talk about that. Um, the second card is doing our best. We are all doing our best with the understanding and awareness we have in this moment. Any decision I take is okay, no matter the outcome. I make the best of any situation and learn as I go along. I like to talk about anger because a lot of times people think that anger is bad. A lot of times people think that anger is not a good thing. Naturally, in this community, um, in, I'm, I'm sorry, in this country, we have been told that anger is not good. Anger makes your life shorten. And like we've been told all this stuff. But each of us naturally feels the emotion anger. And anger is natural. We all feel it. And it is something 
that we have to embrace and not necessarily hold on to it like the car says. It says, anger is a natural emotion, but I recognize that holding on to it can be toxic for me. We don't want to live in anger, but if we are angry, like at the beginning of the show, I told you all like about the shootings. I'm angry about the shootings. I'm going to say I'm angry. I'm going to admit that I'm angry. Am I going to stay there in anger? No. But am I going to allow that anger to allow me to fight for social justice? Absolutely. Am I going to allow my anger to plant a seed somewhere else that can sprout into what in my life it'll look like advocacy? It'll look like social justice. Absolutely, I will. I will allow myself to feel the anger and I will allow myself to feel that emotion so that I know what I'm feeling, why I'm feeling that way, and I know why my body is acting the way that it is acting. I look at the person who has caused me pain and see them as the human being they are. And I think a lot of times with anger, we do have to recognize that the people who upset us, they are human. Just like we make people angry, they can make us angry. I, If you listen to the episode last week, I talked about how I let a situation go with a person and it angered me and it hurt and I had to sit with that. That person is also human, just like I'm human. So I have to accept people for being human. We literally are all doing the best that we can. And sometimes things happen. We feel emotions and we have to learn how to sit with those emotions. I release the anger I feel and free myself, freeing myself and expanding to love. Absolutely. Sit in your anger, feel your emotions, recognize the outcome of your anger. Our bodies will talk to us. When you're angry, does your leg hurt? When you're angry, does your elbow get that little tingly feeling? Start recognizing your body so that you can now know, okay, this is how I feel when I get angry. So that's releasing anger. The second one is doing our best. We are all doing our best with the understanding that we are all doing our best with the understanding and awareness we have in this moment. So as of right now, as of today, honestly, as ever since we as a society with COVID, with George Floyd, with Breonna Taylor, with with, with Ahmaud Aubrey, and, and I'll go back to 2014. Mike Brown, then we had Trayvon Martin, then we had Tamir Rice, then we had Rihanna Taylor, I'm sorry, uh, Sandra Bland. Um, we entered into a revolution of a generation who could no longer be quiet. On top of we entered the COVID and then now, what was the new virus? Uh, what's it called? Smallpox is m- making a comeback. We dealt with the flu. We dealt with so much. And so as a society, we're all going through it. During those years of COVID where we were on lockdown, because I still believe COVID is alive and well, during those years, we had to learn a lot about ourselves. We learned a lot about systems. We also saw um, social injustices. We saw the revolution grow and expand. So literally every day we're all doing our best with what we have. Life gave us lemons. Some of us have made lemonade. Some of us just have water, okay? We are all doing our best with what we have. Any decision, Any decision I take is okay no matter the outcome. 
I make the best of any situation and learn as I go. I think that's the key. Take the situation for what it is, do what's best for you, and learn as you go. There is only so much that we can handle as human beings. And once we realize that, we hold the power. Every day is not going to be sunshine and rainbows. There will be days that you wake up and your body does not want to. There will be days that you wake up and you have a list of plans. The day I decided to record this, I was going to wake up early, come to the studio, record, work on this assignment, and be back home by 1.30. I did not get to the studio until 1 o'clock because my body could not handle the anxiety from the shooting the day before. I was literally up at 2.51 a.m. that morning. Because my body was shaking. It was furious. It was anger. My anxiety came out. It was like, yo, what are we doing? We cannot sleep right now. So I allowed my body to do what it needed to do. When my body was ready to record, that's when we went to the studio. And that's how you got this episode. So the two cars releasing anger and doing our best. And it's hard. Both of these cars are relevant and both of them are extremely hard to do. And I'm going to add this because this is going to go along with the theme for the whole month is we need to be provided a space where we can feel the anger and we can be ourselves. I think a lot of times other people get so uncomfortable with how we truly feel. Like if you're grieving, if you're single, if you just lost something or someone, if you're upset about the shootings, we need a safe place to be able to feel what we feel without somebody trying to fix us. We don't need to be fixed. We need to feel, okay? We don't need to be fixed. We need to feel. So with that being said, we're going to take our first break of the show. <laughs> I am so sorry that it, has, it is intense already. But y'all, I'm very passionate about advocacy. I'm very passionate about social justice. And I'm very, very passionate about people taking care of themselves. So listen, this is just going to be one of those episodes, okay? So come back. When we come back, I'm going to discuss grieving. And the original title of this episode was called Missing Mom. And when we come back, I'll tell you why. Welcome back to the Healing She Got Faith show. It is your self-love advocate, Lily, And you are listening to us on Total Entertainment Radio. You can catch us there every Monday at 3 p.m. Central. So, since I missed Mother's Day because we were on the hiatus, I wanted to actually do an episode about missing mom and grieving mom and grieving children because um father's day is this month so we'll definitely have a father's day episode which will be next week's episode (laughs) so i kind of wanted to touch on mom because i didn't want to exclude mother's day and um I, i i hate that i missed it but also too like i just had to get things done so Here we are. We're going to jump into this episode. So one of the first things I want to start off with discussing is I'm going through this book called Grief is Love by Marisa Renee Lee. And it's a really, really good book. Um, One thing I would say about this book is that she says everything that I wish I would have known. And honestly, and as an author, like 
what she wrote is what I was trying to convey with my own book and my own chapters. And I was really, 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 really trying to just tell people like, listen, when we lose a parent, it hurts. When we're grieving, it hurts. We do not live in a society that allows us to understand grief, which ironically, we live in a grieving society. We are constantly grieving in the society, whether it's a mass shooting, whether it's a, a virus that killed millions of people, whether it's, you know, we're constantly seeing um, just violence in general. We're constantly seeing people losing things. We're constantly seeing the market. Like um, I was listening to a realtor the other day and she was just talking about how people are like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for these four, uh, these foreclosures because that means you can buy cheaper houses but then she said you know we don't even think about the other side of foreclosures where those are families who are losing their home like why do we want foreclosures when it means that other people have to lose a big part of them for you to get a cheaper house like we're constantly losing things in this in in this community and so we have to be mindful about that so with that being said, like I, like I said, I have been reading Grief is Love and her first chapter, she literally goes through the process of her losing her mom, what that looked like, how it looked like, and just, just being real about it. Like one of the things she says, resentment towards anyone who doesn't have to balance the challenges that come with caretaking with preparing for their death all while managing the expectations of your normal life. That was so real because we don't talk about when we grieve, we hold resentments towards people. Like when my mom died and all my friends' moms were like, you can, you can be my daughter or my friends would be like, we can share moms. It's just like, yo, like I know you're coming from a good place, but you don't even realize like I'm really resenting you right now. I'm really resenting like my mom isn't here. I'm angry right now. When I was grieving, I gained a lot of weight. I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to do anything. I could sleep for days at a time. The first New Year's without my mom, I actually spent by myself. And the author talks about this too, how she did her first solo trip, which when my mom died, I did my first solo trip in California. And people always are like, oh, you don't need to be by yourself. So, for example, like, I um, spent New Year's by myself. The first New Year's after my mom had passed away. I spent by myself. I didn't spend it with my family. I usually always go with my sister and her kids. Or if my mom was in town, I'd be with my mom. Or if she wasn't in town, we always called each other twice because she was always on East Coast time and I was on Central time. So... We would call each other at our midnights and wish each other Happy New Year. Well, that that particular New Year's, a lot of people went to my sister's house. I did not go. I laid in bed and I went to sleep. And that is how I brought in the New Year. I think that was 2019. And... At the time, my mom had a fiance who he's no longer in our life, but at the time he was, and he kind of felt some kind of way. Like he was like, I just can't believe you were by yourself and you didn't want to be with anybody. And I was just like, you know, you're not a person who's used to being by yourself. You have to be around people to feel alive. You have to 
be be around people to be fulfilled. I am a social worker first. I am always there for everybody else. If I want to be by myself, that's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to be by myself because that's what I needed. I was so wrapped up on everybody else in that moment that I could not focus on me. I had lost the biggest part of me, my mom. I lost the biggest part of me. I cannot stress that enough. My mother was my everything. To lose her literally felt like half of my body left with her. I literally felt like I died with her, okay? This is this is the side of grief we don't talk about. The other side of grief is the people around you get very, very uncomfortable because you just have these random sad moments. You could be perfectly fine jumping up for joy and then you get triggered, okay? And then all of a sudden, it just goes away. All of a sudden... That happy feeling is no longer there. And the people around you, while they have good intentions, they get uncomfortable. They want you, they, they want to make you happy. They want you to see the good side. They want you to know that God takes care of you and blah, 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 blah. Shut up. Allow me to feel what I feel. If it was in God's plan, then he should have told me, okay? Did God have a personal conversation with you? Because he definitely hasn't had a conversation with me, okay? We have to be mindful, even though you have very good intentions. You're, the person you love who is grieving does not need to hear any of that. We are not the strongest soldier picked for the battle, okay? God doesn't give the toughest people the hardest task. All of that is cliche and it's bullcrap. Okay, we are all human. We all deal with grief. What we need to learn as a society is how to allow our bodies to grieve, how to allow ourselves to feel what we feel. Stop being uncomfortable because the person isn't always happy. If you cannot handle it, that is okay. Tell your friend, listen, you're having a moment. I really can't handle this right now. I love you and I support you, but I cannot do this right now, okay? And the griever, find your safe haven. Learn your triggers. Learn what that might look like, okay? We have to learn how to sit with ourselves and our pain, and the people around us have to learn that we are not asking you to fix us. We're asking you to be there if you can. If you cannot, as a person who is grieving, it is still up to me to figure out my triggers, to figure out my healing, to allow myself to grieve, to understand grief. It all is up to me, okay? It is all up to me to get that together, okay? It is all up to me. So with that being said, let's go ahead and take a break. We, When we come back, we will be discussing triggers and what are triggers and what that looks like and 
how do we handle them? So make sure you come back. Welcome back to the Healing She Got Fake Show. This is Lily, your self-love advocate. And happy Monday. Happy Monday. If you are just now tuning in, I hope that you're able to go back to the replays tomorrow and catch the first half of this show because it has kind of been intense and I think you need to hear it. Um, so I'm actually going to read an excerpt from Grief is Love. This is from page 25, Grief is Love by Marisa Renee Lee. Um, and so she says, once again, I jumped into action, assessing my various funeral planning spreadsheets and delegating tasks to friends and family members. I honestly have no idea what my father, Sammy, did those few days after my mother died. We were living in the same small house, but I couldn't tell you a single thing he did, and that is okay. If you were the caretaker or are the person in charge of the tons of paperwork that comes with death, it's okay to deal with that as you need to. I turn, I turn to look. Alternatively, if you are the person who cannot handle the logistics and just needs to stay in bed and ignore ignore all that is also okay when it comes to grief especially in the early stages again as long as you aren't harming yourself or anyone else it is all okay let your heart guide your grief grief is never easy and it's a form and its form can change over time in the ebbs and flows of life but giving yourself permission to wholeheartedly experience it makes it more tolerable tolerable Healing starts when we give ourselves permission to grieve. When we give ourselves permission to grieve, we are able to heal. And that's what I was saying before the break. We need to have those safe havens. I was not the person who could handle the logistics in my mother's death. However, I did plan the funeral. I did write the obituary. I did delegate things to family members. My sister did more of the background work and did more of the logistics, I guess you can say, whereas I was kind of the steer header of like how the day is going to look, who needs what, what are we going to do? And I actually planned two funerals for my mom. So it was very, very difficult. Um, it was very emotional. It, <laughs> I don't know how I got through it. I did feel a lot of guilt because at some point I did feel that I cared more about other people than I cared about my mom. The questions came in like, oh, I didn't pray enough or, oh, I didn't pray hard enough or, oh, I should have just focused more on her. I should have spoke more life over her. I should have done X, Y, and Z. And so the guilt did come in and I had to allow myself to sit with that. So Healing begins when you give yourself permission to grieve. And so if you're grieving right now, if you're grieving over the mass shootings, if you're grieving over a death due to COVID, if you're grieving over the loss of a job, if you're grieving over the loss of a house, if you're grieving a relationship, maybe you're going through a divorce, maybe you're going through a breakup, maybe you had an abortion and you're dealing with all these laws against abortion right now, so you're grieving that child. Maybe you miscarried. Maybe you can't even have kids, so you're grieving the life that you once had. Or maybe you lost a child and hearing about all these shootings is triggering to you. Give yourself permission 
to grieve. Give yourself permission to take off work. Give yourself permission to lay in bed. Give yourself permission to wait to brush your teeth. Maybe you can't brush your teeth at 8 o'clock in the morning, but maybe it's not going to come to 3 p.m. But that's okay because you haven't left your bed. You haven't left your house. Nobody has actually seen you. So it's actually quite okay that that's what you're doing. So just give yourself permission. Let's talk triggers. So triggers is really anything that causes you to remember and react to your issue, to your grief. So two big triggers of mine are weddings and graduations. My mother died six months before I graduated with my master's of social work. My father graduated, I'm sorry, he did not graduate. My father passed away my freshman year in high school. So my mom did not get to see me walk across the stage when I received my master's degree, which really, I really wanted her to be there because grad school was a beast. And I really just, you know, just she saw my struggle. Like I wanted her to have that moment. And my father, I just, I'll never have the opportunity for him to see me at any graduation because I mean, yeah, like I think he went to my fifth grade commencement and eighth grade commencement, but like he also worked. So it was very hard to like get him attentive to those things. So like my father will never see me graduate in weddings. Like it's extremely hard to realize that my parents will never see me walk down the aisle. My parents will never, I'll never have pictures with my parents at a wedding. And my kid, if I ever have kids, my kids will never meet their grandparents. They'll never have that access to them the way, well, honestly, I didn't grow up with grandparents. So my, essentially, my kids will have the same experience that I have, which is what is a grandparent? So those are two triggers. But triggers can look like you walk, you're walking somewhere and you get a swift of perfume that reminds you of the person you lost and your heart kind of stops, your stomach, your stomach drops because you're reminded of that perfume. Um, a song comes on and you just start crying. You're at a party, you're having a good time and you see a person that that looks just like the person you're grieving and you no longer can have a good time. Triggers are those things that you don't expect to happen, but they'll always happen and they always catch you sometimes at the worst moment. Um, Hearing conversations like when people talk about, um, you know, having a father-daughter dance, you you might get triggered by that because just like me, you're like, hmm. I'll never get that. So you might get quiet. You might shut down. So how do we deal with triggers? And I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't have an A plus B equals C answer. It honestly is up to the person. It is up to the person to figure out what they can do in that moment to really, 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 really be in tune with themselves. You might have to be one of those people that learn to walk away. You might have to be one of those people that learn that like, I just need to get get a few days. I need to go on a vacation. You might have to allow yourself to cry. At this point in my life, I'm just going to cry. If you there and you with me, you might be frustrated 
but so what? I, I'm a crier. That's just what it is. You're going to get these tears. I'm going to give you. You're going to accept them. And it is what it is. The tears are going to come. Um, sometimes I get reminded. And at this point in my life, I can smile about certain things. One of the things I've done to lessen my triggers is on the days that my parents have passed away, and on their birthdays, I do something in their memory. So I do something that they like. So November 16th is my mom's birthday. October 4th is the day she died. In November, I might try to wear purple. I might try to travel and do something that maybe she would have liked. On October 4th, I actually released my fourth book. I mean, I'm sorry, my first book. I released my first book in honor of my mother, and my first book has a picture of my mother and father on it. So I released October. I released everyone has a story on October fourth because it 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 puts a positive spin on that day, so that I'm not, you know, in bed all day crying. Which if there comes a year that I have to do that again, I'm just gonna allow myself to have that. Like, yeah, it might be the anniversary of my book, but it's also the day my mom died. So if my body needs to sleep that year, then so be it. My father, he his birthday is January 16th, and he passed away on April 12th. On those two days for the last couple years, I've honestly just spent the day at a coffee shop. My father's thing was coffee. So I was constantly um, just the smell of coffee on his breath. He had yellow teeth because he drank so much coffee. And I just laugh about it now because I'm a coffee drinker. At my house, at my, at my house I have a coffee station at my building. I'm working on building my coffee station. So I laugh because like that's something that my dad gave me. And that is something that I don't take lightly. So typically on his birthday on the day that he died, I'm finding a coffee shop to support and I'm sitting there and some days I'm sitting there for hours not doing anything but drink coffee. I might get like two or three drinks. I might be in their bathroom all day, but I'm literally celebrating my father. This last April 12th, I want to say, one of my friends, we reconnected from high school and we went up to Starbucks and she sat with me like she did work and I sat at the table. I didn't do no work. We typically do work together. Um, we're business partners too. Um, that day I did not do any work, but she did. And she just sat there with me as I drank my two coffee drinks because she knew that's what I needed. She knew I just needed support in that moment. And that is what she gave me. So with that, you know, with that being said, you have to know your triggers and you have to figure out what can you do to be safe, to feel safe, to feel comfort? What is it that will help you give yourself permission to grieve? And I think that's the lesson for today. Give yourself permission to grieve, whether that's a loss that you just personally took, whether that whether it's been 10, 12, 15, 500 years since you lost your person. Our bodies do not care about time, okay? Our bodies have a natural clock they know when we're going to grieve, our bodies naturally just act, okay? So what I would say is give yourself permission to grieve, okay? 
Give yourself. And I want you to understand that grief is not linear. We are always presented with these stages of grief. Um, the stages are not linear. And in the book, if you read Grief is Love, she makes a good point. She says that um, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross was the one that actually made the five stages of grief. And the author of Grief is Love makes this point that Elizabeth actually wrote those stages for the person who was dying. So, like, I'm in social work, so I've actually studied this. And so, typically, Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, um, her... Her section is usually in death and dying. And she did write it for the person who was dying, these stages. But as centuries have went on, we kind of turned it into grief and we kind of turned it into this healing thing. When really, just like everything else, people interpret it, take it, turn it into what they want, make money off of it, and it is what it is. But what we miss in that is that it's not linear. There are steps missing to the part where we actually lose the person and then the part to where we have to figure out our new normal. There are steps missing. The author of Grief is Love talks about that. So as I've known this, it's cool to see another author, another person who has lost a mom, say everything that I've been feeling. And so I encourage you to, one, read Grief is Love, but two, Give yourself permission to grieve. And three, give yourself permission to feel everything that you're feeling. You no longer have to be strong. And I want you to hear this. Who told you you had to be strong? You no longer have to. I promise you don't. So I'm going to go ahead and give y'all a break. When we come back, we are definitely going to be talking about healing while grieving. Welcome back to the Healing She Got Faith Show. It is Lily. I am your self-love advocate. So we have been talking about grief today. And if you are just now tuning in, I told the audience earlier today that the day that I'm actually recording this episode is May 25th, which is the day after the babies got shot up by a terrible person in Texas. And so we lost 14 kids, one teacher, and like as you listen to the news and as you read articles, like I think I read one article before I got in the studio that said I think we're up to 19 kids actually. So I don't know. Hopefully, by the time you hear this episode, we'll have a full number and we will have an update on that. But I wanted to really talk about grief and really talk about um, the original title of this episode was called Missing Mom because I had missed Mother's Day because of my hiatus. And then next week's episode, which is episode 26, it will be about um, Father's Day. So I wanted to come here and kind of go through like, what is grieving on Mother's Day? I wanted to go through this book called Grief is Love. I wanted to talk to you about triggers. And then I kind of want to end on healing while grieving. And I think and I believe I said it before the break, but in order to truly heal, you have to give yourself permission. And I read an excerpt from Grief is Love, and we see in that book, she also says that, give yourself permission to grieve. Give yourself permission. And I think that's the that's really the ending of this lesson is we are a grieving society. We are constantly losing things. 
You know, how I define grief is anything that you have lost that affects you. So that's a house, that's a relationship, that's a friendship, that's a miscarriage, that's an abortion, that is a move, that is a shift in your life that affects you. I've even met people who grieve the relationship they wish they would have had with their parents. I had a friend who she lost her mom and and prior to her losing her mom, she really hadn't spoke to her mom in like, I don't know, like seven years. And so when her mom died and they had the funeral and things of that nature, she realized like I'm grieving the relationship I never had with my mother. I have a little cousin, her her mom passed away a month before my mom, and she was grieving the relationship that her and her mom used to have. She was also another one that her and her mom weren't on good terms prior to her mom passing. And so when her mom passed, she was grieving the relationship that her and her mom used to have. She was grieving the relationship that her and her mom will no longer have because her mom is no longer here on this earth. I read in another book, and I'll have to find it, but it discussed that grief is a new relationship. It's not, well, when people die or people shift, it's not that the relationship itself dies, it's that there's a new relationship. And I believe the book was really talking about like when we lose people to death. So you look at it as a spiritual relationship instead of like a human relationship. So You tend to learn more about yourself through grief. You tend to recognize things when a person has died that you did not recognize before. You can now accept things for what they were because you now understand for whatever reason, grief just does that to us. I don't know. I always say grief pulls out all that ugly stuff you have been stuffing down there in your soul. And when you grieve, you ain't got no choice. But to bring it back up and deal with it. Grief forces you to deal with it. Uh, In July, I actually will be a keynote speaker for a women's conference. And my subject is the power of grief. Because I really felt like grief, grief was meant to kill me. I'm just going to tell you that. The way I felt after all the times that I have grieved, I really feel like grief was trying to take me out. But grief gave me my voice. Grief allowed me to be um, honest and truthful with myself. Grief allowed me to be the person that I was never, ever, ever allowed to be because I was so worried about everybody else. Grief allowed me to be selfish. And I hope grief allows you to be selfish. I hope grief allows you to find that safe place. I hope grief allows you to be honest with the people around you. I hope grief allows you to be honest with yourself. Grief gives us power that we never knew we needed. So give yourself permission to grieve. Please, you are not alone in this. And I promise you, you're not alone in this. I promise that once you truly allow yourself to grieve, your body feels it. There's a shift in your mentality. There's a shift in your body. There's a shift in what you're feeling. You get that power back. You get that that urge to do what you need to do, y'all. So please, and I'm begging you, please, please, please give yourself permission to grieve. We're going to take one more break. And when we come back, I'm going to discuss some housekeeping with you all. All right. So come on back.
Welcome back to the Healing She Got Faith show. We are wrapping up episode 25 titled Grieving and Missing Mom. <laughs> um, today's episode has been so passionate. Today's episode has been very, very deep. We are in some scary and trying times in this world, y'all. I really encourage each and every one of you to take care of yourself. Give yourself permission to grieve. Give yourself permission to feel. I want you to hear me and hear this loud. It is okay to not be okay. It is okay to feel how you're feeling. So please continue to take care of yourself. Practice self-love. Practice self-care. Tell the people around you you love them. Listen, y'all, it's scary times, and we really, really need to just take care of ourselves, okay? So housekeeping before we end the show. We do have the Healing She Got Faith bookstore. You can check that out at bookshop.org slash shop slash Healing She Got Faith. It's an online bookstore. Look up any book you like. Um, they have all type of stuff there. If you if you go to the website I just said, you can actually see that I have lists on there. And I will be updating the list too because I want to add some more resources for you all. We are back with our blog. Our Healing She Got Faith blog is released every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Central. You can go to healingshegotfaith.org slash shop. Nope, slash blog. <laughs> healingshegotfaith.org slash blog. Blog is with a lowercase b. We release every Wednesday. This month, we are really continuing to talk about grief and talk about self-love and taking care of ourselves. So those are some really, really good blogs. You do not want to miss it. Make sure you go to the website, healingshegotfaith.org, and uh, put in your email so you never miss a beat. We have a couple programs that we are working on. So June 1st, we launched our grief group with a twist. Grief Group with a Twist is a 10-week commitment, and it is a grief group, but it's called with a twist because I'm helping you write your manuscript to your book, okay? There's a lot of writers out there. Y'all don't know where to start. I am your self-love advocate. I got you. I'm going to help you write your book. So if you would like, if you're interested in that, you can go to healingshegotfaith.org slash shop. You can purchase the grief group with a twist there it is a commitment it's 80 dollars per week that equals out to 800 you can pay a one-time fee or we can put you on a, a payment plan so look that up uh shoot me an email write me on instagram if you're interested in it and you would like to purchase that then the last program, I'm actually partnered with Be Healed of North Carolina, and we are doing a six-month healing challenge called Healing Her. So this is for the ladies. It's a six-month commitment. It's $100 per month. That's $600 for the whole six months. We will be starting June 18th. So that's just next week, y'all, by the time you're hearing this. So um, all of this information is on the website. You can definitely look it up. We want to support you. We want to heal our community, y'all. So make sure you're signing up. Make, it sh make sure you're subscribed to everything. Follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, Anchor, um, TikTok. Yeah, we're on TikTok too. So make sure you are signing up and keeping in touch with us, okay? 
Never forget that you can catch us every Monday at 3 p.m. Central on Total Entertainment Radio. So, y'all, love you the way you love the world. Take care of yourself and give yourself permission to grieve. I love you all, and I will catch you next Monday. Enjoy the rest of your Monday today. I love you. Bye, y'all.